0: Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Angel Henry about what companies can do to disrupt non-inclusive and discriminatory workplaces. Angel Henry, welcome to the conversation today.
1: Thank you
0: for having me. It is a pleasure to be joining you. You're joining us from Indianapolis. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about what companies can do to disrupt non-inclusive and discriminatory workplaces. So this DEI conversation, which I think is really, really important. Um, it's gotten a lot of attention in, in recent years, which is a good thing, but we've also like the, the current political landscape and social landscape in the U S is, is messy, shall we say, to say the least.
1: And, uh, and, and
0: so <laughs> we need to keep resurfacing this and we need to keep beating this drum and, and we need to make sure that this remains a priority for leaders and organizations. So I'm really excited to, to have this conversation with you today. As we get started, I wanted to share Angel's bio with everybody. Angel Henry is the author of Dents in the Ceiling, Tools Women and Allies Need to Break Through, which provides a firsthand account of 30-plus women of color working in tech and corporate America experiences, navigating sexism, racism, bullying, forging allies, and rebounding resiliently throughout their careers. She is also the Senior Director of the Transformation Value Management Office and DEI Vice Chair at Genesis, a software company that sells customer experience and call center technologies to 10,000 plus businesses and 100 plus countries orchestrating 70 billion plus remarkable customer experiences annually. Now, I could go on, but I'm going to pause there, Angel. Anything else that you would uh, like to highlight in particular related to your background, your personal context, and or your company before we dive on into the conversation?
1: Just that i am actually been fortunate enough to really launch Angel Speaking, Inc., and so now I'm doing that full-time because this work is so needed and um, because of the phenomenal um, results that we've had from the book and the, and the subsequent research. So yeah, I'm full-time consulting now.
0: Wonderful. Very good. Um, why don't we start with the book? Um, we talk about the glass ceiling, right? Oftentimes that's something that's been discussed over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, you talk about dents in a concrete ceiling. Uh, maybe explain that a little bit and how is that different than this glass ceiling metaphor that yeah. we often talk about and perhaps you know what's the difference between the plight of women in the workforce or in leadership generally versus women of color
1: exactly yeah no it, so i ideally if you, your readers hopefully um listeners if you're um if you're able to pop on the the video you'll see of the uh, the background of the book cover uh, behind me, and it essentially is illustrating the different levels that exist in the workplace for women in general. And as we all know, there's a glass ceiling for women, right? We re- women tend to reach a certain level in senior management. And it is really hard to get to the executive level, the C-suite, right? So think CIO, no. CEO, CFO, uh, CMO, really hard to get into that, that sacred space is what happens. And, um, and, and there's so many re- reasons, lots and lots of research, but at the end of the day, it exists. There's a real barrier there what um when i talk about in my research is actually for women of color really any uh woman who is experiencing uh different layers in her identity meaning race ethnicity culture Mm -hmm. sexual orientation anytime you add on an additional layer on top of gender you are adding on another layer of barrier that it is to ascend in your career to those higher heights so um, if, if you've got three or four layers in there, then you it's more of a concrete ceiling. And as much work and effort is going in, it, we really are just making dents uh, in it. And so when we have a lot of, you know, as we just recently had the, the re, uh, uh, repealing of affirmative action, When you have intentional policies and procedures, especially in corporate America, that are specifically geared to target to help uh, folks that are from an underrepresented population, it tends to, and this is just numbers, this is just data, it tends to help Caucasian women. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they're experiencing the glass ceiling, right? Where they can see it, they're a little bit closer to the top um, because they've they've been able to to move into that level of comfortability and likability. Um, that's just a little bit closer. They're a little bit uh, again closer to the top. Can make that stride versus uh, women of color or women who are experiencing multi layers of of identity that are different than Caucasian middle aged um, men.
0: Yeah, yeah, and as a straight cisgender white dude myself, you know, I I acknowledge that I have many layers of privilege. So just like you mentioned the layers of disadvantage, um and and certainly women generally have that important layer of disadvantage uh that, you know, there are things that I just don't even think about. Uh I go about my day that I don't really even consider because I'm a dude. And and I it just isn't you know, part of, of the concerns that I have in this world, you know, so unless I'm taking the time to pause and step back and examine my privilege and to better understand like the, what the experience is of other people, then I'm going to be completely unaware of it. Right. But you add, start to add layers. So like, let's say instead of a straight, cisgender white guy, I'm, you know, a middle-aged um, gay black woman uh, or something like that. Right. That's yeah. different layers of disadvantage that you're adding to an already challenging situation to have a fair shake, to have equal opportunity, to really have a chance to, to, to move up and have these successful careers. Of course it's not possible, um, but it it is harder. And that's the key, I think, is, you know, sometimes it gets lost in this conversation as people are like, no, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, just work hard. I'm like, well, it's possible, but it's way easier for me as a straight cisgender white guy to get ahead. Um, working hard I'd work hard I do I' work very hard but but I also acknowledge that me working hard isn't the same thing as someone else who doesn't have all the same privileges working hard <laughs> and I'm still going to be further ahead
1: yep and you're, you're speaking exactly to the point. You're giving examples around the language that we use that sometimes the, the vocabulary gets a little bit, eh, you know, it, it triggers people. But you're really talking about um, equity versus equality, which a lot yeah. of folks get wrapped around the axle on. Um, yeah. You're also speaking to just uh, just plain bias. So when you when we talk about disadvantage, what we're really talking about is someone's personal bias and until you are made aware of your personal bias th- then you're, there's nothing you're going to do about it to try to mitigate it. And so that's where I come in, right? That's where myself and and the other coaches that I have in Angel Speaking, that's where we come in and really come alongside and partner with HR, um DE&I offices and and provide a curriculum for supervisors to bring awareness to to their personal bias and and the way that I approach it is if you have a brain you have bias. I have bias. Sure. Yeah, we all right? do. I my there's many, but my my personal favorite is the um, affinity bias, right? So if I'm working as a as a senior leader and I'm a hiring manager you best better believe john if an african american female from the midwest who graduated from the university of pittsburgh who got who you know grew up in in project management who has two kids and a dog you best <laughs> better believe i am going to like take her under my wing and you know pour into her and 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 help her through right to just make sure that her um, career is it, it just soars and sails, right? And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. There really is nothing wrong with that. That is you wanting to give back, right? You identifying with somebody who's like you and wanting to give back nothing wrong with that. The issue, John, is that we end up unintentionally creating a bunch of mini me's. Mm-hmm. And, and again, there would be nothing wrong with that. The problem, though, is that everybody at the top, those that are in the C-suite that are pred- primarily, we're talking tech, healthcare, pharma, um, athletics is a huge one. The banking and financial industry. When you're talking about large industries that are primarily male-dominated, if you keep if you keep breeding mini-me's, then you're just going to keep getting more of the same. And what to what your podcast talks about innovation, then you end up lacking innovation, right? Because then you're yeah. just you have this very monolithic, um, one lived experience persona that permeates throughout your product, your projects, your customer experience, and it is absolutely negatively impacting organizations' bottom line without yeah. a shadow. Of a- for this sure. Just, so the business is.
0: case is clear,
1: yeah. And
0: hopefully the human case is clear enough that regardless, we want to make sure we're doing right by people. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Just so, just yesterday I was on a panel um, where we were talking about business ethics generally, okay. um, but DEI stuff came up as part of the panel conversation. Okay. And as you might expect, you know, there when we got to the Q and A period, there was um, one I'm sure well intentioned um, Caucasian man. Uh, who who made the comment he he actually brought up the the recent um, uh, affirmative action cases in the Supreme Court over the summer mm-hmm. and he was trying to equate DEI with directly with affirmative action and say and saying see look the Supreme Court said this is unconstitutional you got to knock it off Right. And so I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, and you're like, <laughs> that was
1: a hard left. <laughs> yeah. So that back. that
0: was that first of all, that's not a good equivalency at all. Yeah. Um, but second of all, you know, he was making the argument, well, what about white guys? Like, we're putting all this attention towards people of mm-hmm. color and women and LGBTQIA, etc. But what about people like me who just don't have a chance? You know, that and that's his perception. And I acknowledge the very real fear that he's experiencing because he feels, I, I don't think it's accurate, but he's feeling like he is disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is really happening is he just has less advantage than he used to have <laughs> because things... Well, have...
1: <laughs> actually, it's this notion that unfortunately we have, um, I think, in... I'll say in this country because my lived experience is the yeah. United States. It very well might be in other countries, but definitely, predominantly here, there's this notion of if I give to you, that means that I have to give something up.
0: From exactly. You. Yeah.
1: And that's not the case, right? We, the, there is the, the that that person unfortunately is operating from a, a mindset of scarcity. Yeah. Versus an abundance mindset, where there, where the abundance mindset just means there's enough for everybody, right? The pie is big enough for us all to get um, a very healthy slice, a slice that that is needed for me. Again, back to that equity versus equality um, concept. So I, you know, and. And that's why I talk about mindset so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, We I start with the Agile Mindset Framework. Everything that we do, all the executive coaching, the education, everything is based on this four-step pillar of Agile Mindset, which is learn, actually execute and do, get feedback. And then do a retrospective, right? Like lessons learned, like what, what went well, what didn't, I tried something, it didn't work. Okay. Let me pivot and go. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe I do throw it out or maybe I I just need to course correct. And I think that's why organizations really love what we're offering is you're not all in, you don't have to be all in. It's like, Hey, no, look, just give, just give us three months. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's get, 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 get me to your supervisor's. Give me three months, let's do some micro education and let's quickly get them to practice so that we're there to handhold them through, right? So a lot of training and development and leadership organizations, the model is we'll come to you, we'll do a, a half day, a week, a couple of weeks, do some education and, and we're we're off to the next, right? Or bring your people to our organization or bring them into our Zoom room, We'll train them and we're off to the next. And and supervisors are left thinking, I've got too much to do. I've got sales targets to meet. I have deadlines and milestones. I've got, you know, Kim's going on maternity leave and Brian's getting married and such and such. I, you know, I just, I have life to deal with and work to manage. Now you're asking me to add on another layer. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm just asking you to actually change your mindset, right? I'm just asking you to change your habits. I'm I'm asking you to get get rid of habits that are no longer serving you or your team. And I and my team are going to come in and introduce some new habits that are going to help you. So for the cisgendered white man who says, what about me? I always say, well, this is inclusive training. So that means you are absolutely included. And You're so I'm part I of al- the
0: inclusion, right? you are a part
1: of the inclusion. <laughs> yes. And so I always give the example, and it usually kind of, you know, like, oh, I always give the example to say, you know what? Let's look at Japan. Japan had a phenomenal model, has, excuse me, has a phenomenal model where they offer parental leave to fathers for several months right? Mm-hmm. Several months that they can take off. <clears throat> the gentlemen, these soon-to-be fathers, were not taking advantage of it at all. I mean, this is mm-hmm. government-sponsored, government-sanctioned. The the company's like, yeah, you can do it. They weren't doing it. Yeah. They were scared, right? They were scared for their jobs. Like, if I take this, am I going to be, you know, off track? Am I not, you know, what's going to happen? Am I not going to be seen as the team player? Will I never progress? Will I have, will all the work, hard work I've been doing for not? So some legitimate concerns and and so, as a result, the you know Japan had to intentionally um, get down with organizations, educate, communicate, and support so that they can now increase the amount of gentlemen who are taking parental leave, right and I and then you're and I'm like, well, that's for the fathers we here in america have the exact same situation where parental leave is now starting to become a thing it's in yeah. most packages for organizations and gentlemen are not taking it the way that we would hope in the in the droves right in the percentage the numbers that we would hope so when we come in and we do inclusive training and we're like hey john you just had a baby and you're back to work and it's only three weeks. Guess what? I bet that baby isn't staying up at night. I bet that baby's keeping you up at night. I bet you're struggling to get to work on time or even make it to your Zoom room on time, right? I bet you're I bet you're you're tired. Hey, how about me as an inclusive supervisor take these new tools that I learned and help create a specific work structure for you that maybe changes your hours? maybe put you on a different project. So that way you still feel valued that you're a part of the team, that your career is on track, but it's modified to fit your now new life circumstances. That's what inclusion looks like for everyone.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to cite the Barbie movie here for just a moment. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I haven't
1: so, seen it. Caveat. I oh, haven't you seen haven't seen it. I'm, seen gonna, it. I'm and going I, to was, see I it. I was
0: super skeptical. I okay. was super skeptical, but my daughters wanted to see it. I went with my daughters. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this was actually really good. And they handled okay. like the gender stuff very well. And, oh, okay. um, there, you know, there's there's a bit throughout and it becomes a, a major plot point about Ken you know, wanting to take over Barbie land and, and introduce the okay. patriarchy. Right. Um, oh, and
1: okay. I can't wait to see this now. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it,
0: it's, it's, it's very geniusly done. Okay. Um, but so, you know, as, as I was in this, this meeting yesterday, this panel and, and this, this gentleman, I'm sure very sincere. Um, I've heard the same kind of comment from many other white men. Yeah. I, I know that it's a very real concern that they have, um, and yet it, it i think it's it's missing some key components here and one it's like you just said inclusions for everybody like creating an, an inclusive um community and and a culture of belonging and psychological safety that is for everybody uh and when it's arising um tide lifts all ships right and so as you're doing this better for everyone it's going to be better for the the white guy just like anyone else um but the the other thing i think about is like pervasive patriarchy and how damaging that can be and a lot of times we talk about patriarchy and the in the the harm it does towards women and it does it absolutely does and it disproportionately negatively impacts women but there are lots of negative impacts of patriarchy on men um, if you take a step back and you examine it a little bit, you start to realize, oh my goodness, like there are all sorts of things that I've had to deal with tac uh, toxic, like toxic masculinity, masculinity. <laughs> et cetera. Right. There's so yes. many things that yeah. are part of it that when you actually take a look at it and you start to realize, no, when we address this, this is certainly it's helping women, yeah. but it's, it's helping everybody. It's helping you. It's helping, you know, you mentioned parental leave. Um, I, I'm a professor, of. Uh, Thankfully, my, my university in recent years has added parental leave Mm -hmm. to, to the benefits package. I have six children that came after all of my children. Um, And so I did not, I did not get any leave for any of my children, but I I will acknowledge I'm a professor. I have flexibility and autonomy. So I was able to kind of create my own leave, so to speak, Right, right. (laughs) but, and that's an advantage I had that a lot of dads don't have. Right. Right. But, but when you look at it and I'm thinking, Wow. Now, the fact that like new faculty members, younger faculty members will have that opportunity, Uh, does that just make me mad that I didn't get it? Or am I going to say, this is really awesome. It's going to make everything better for everyone. and and For your children.
1: right? For for the next generation. We're we're doing the hard work now, busting down the barriers now, talking about things that we were told don't talk about. We were told don't talk about politics. Don't talk about your personal life. Keep that at home. Whatever you got going on, we don't need to hear about it. You check all that at the door and then you can pick it back up when you leave at five o'clock. So we're changing the paradigm. That whole narrative is just it out The moment we tell folks that we want them to bring their authentic selves to work, the moment you say bring your authentic self to work, that means I'm bringing my whole self to work. That means I'm bringing my six kids, the dog, grandma who's living with me, um, my maybe my niece who has to stay with me because she's yeah. autistic or has mental health issues. I'm bringing it all. And so organizations have to now get ready to receive all that their employees are bringing. And what I absolutely love, because I'm like, right, I'm right on that line there between like Gen X and millennial. And so what I love, though, about millennials and Gen Zers is they're not, they're not taking it, right? They're yeah. like, yeah, that whole baby boomer paradigm that was, you know, it's out with the old and with the new. And and what I'm exp- I'm trying to explain, especially in the knowledge working space, When you pay someone to bring their brain to work, when you're paying them for what's in here, for their knowledge, not necessarily what they're doing with their hands, but, but they're sitting at a computer and they're creating, they're innovating, they're on calls and they're coming up with new products and cool ideas. When you're paying someone to do that, you cannot dictate when they have a bright idea. John, when I have a bright idea, it's two times. It's in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, usually about 2:30 uh, a.m. for some reason for me. So I always have to, you know, <laughs> pop up and put my get, you know, put it in my notepad or scratch it on a piece of paper and in the shower. Those are the two times when I get mine. That means that that's before work and that's after work. So I can't dictate to people when they're creative, when they're innovative, when they work best. I can't dictate to them their energy. I can't dictate to them when they're on. So I now have to create an environment that, at the very least, is breaking down barriers for them so that they can be their brightest and their best, whenever that might be, and create a structure that is extremely flexible so that everyone that, so that it works for, for as many people as possible, right? Like that's the new job that I have as a supervisor and as an organization. And it is a very different model then I'm the supervisor, I'm the head, I'm the chief, I know everything, and you're going to come in and I'm going to teach you. This is a very different model. We have students coming right out of graduate school that have way more expertise than we do in our little pinky, that have way more knowledge than we do. We're paying them for that knowledge. So the best thing that we can do is get the heck out of their way and let them do their thing and create all the... The training, the support, removing barriers so that they can do their thing. And that's just different. And it's uncomfortable because it's it's a departure from the traditional model that we've had in, in corporate and organizations for decades. And I, for one, am happy that it's getting busted up. And I am absolutely trying to lead the charge in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Well, Angel, this has just been a really great conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go. But before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, where they can find your book, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's hear. Well, let's start with the book. So we are on um, Amazon. It's Dents in the Ceiling by Angel G. Henry. And um, if you go to my website, which is www.angel.com dash henry.com you can give me your information and we'll send you a free companion guide that's for women and there's a companion guide for active allies um next uh, just email info at angelsspeaking.com that's two s's in the middle and we will share our um again what we call our bridge offer right again give us three months 10 to 12 of your supervisors And give them some micro-training and some hand-holding and some light executive coaching, group coaching, um, to where they can help be a catalyst in your organization for, again, inclusive training. And we are leading with multi-generational workforce, hybrid workforce, and making sure that we have a pipeline for women that can move into the executive ranks. Um, and, oh, and also don't want to forget, uh, Q4 is coming up. So, uh, lots of organizations are doing their budgeting and their planning right now. As we speak, they're locking it in. Um, so reach out to us immediately because we want to lock you in at 2023 prices before 2024 prices hit.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Angel. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Angel and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe, and please join us again soon.